Before we jump into our today's topic, I have a quick announcement for all the German streetlifting athletes, because last Friday, the registration period for the final rep German Open has started. So if you want to compete this year, make sure to sign up until the 23rd of February. It can be directly done via the final rep app. So just create an account, registrate, and let's go. And I hope to see many of you guys there. So now let's head over to our main topic today, which is mobility training. Mobility training is kind of a trendy way to increase the flexibility within the last couple of years. But what mobility training actually is, what is the difference, for example, between the classic stretching style and much more will be covered in today's episode. Because today I invited an expert for it. Her name is Kamina. And she's a mobility coach here in Munich. And she will give us all the insights about mobility training, how to start with it, how to combine it, for example, with strength sports, how often you should train your mobility and for uh, how long. And yeah, what are like interesting exercises and also how to learn, for example, your first split with the help of mobility training. So Yeah, it was a quite interesting episode. And of course, don't forget to give me a rating and share it on Instagram if you liked it. And other than that, now let's go. Welcome to the Muzzle Up podcast, the first international streetlifting podcast, which will be all about lifting heavy weights, doing fancy skills and listening to interesting stories from the best athletes across the world. I'm your host Nadine, and now let's get started. Welcome, Kamina. It's great to have you here. Uh, you are actually my first guest, I think, that is not a streetlifting athlete or hasn't competed <laughs> until now. So, <laughs> an honor to you, or <laughs> but it's still great to have you here. And the reason why I have invited Kamina today is because she's a mobility coach and an expert there. And I thought it's also interesting for us, for calisthenics and streetlifting as well, to get a bit more insights on this topic. And before we jump into that, it would be great if you could introduce yourself a little bit so we get a rough idea who, of who you are. Hi. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Sharina. I'm 27. Um I'm from Munich, Germany as well, and I work as a personal trainer and I specialized in mobility training. Um, there's a bit of a backstory to that because I personally started stretching at age 20. So as an adult where for a lot of people, it's, it's really difficult to just learn splits, stuff like that, but I really wanted to learn it. Um, I had no idea about training. So yeah, I started with bro science and YouTube and I got injured and Yeah, even with the injury, I didn't really find anyone to help me out with that because no one specialized in it. So I decided to do it myself. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's a smart way. So if there's no one around, you just need to do it yourself, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So you already said you were working as a, a personal trainer and specialized in mobility. Um, since when are you doing this or when did you start? Um, I started working as a trainer, I think, four years ago. But first I started group classes and um, I taught some aerial acrobatics, stuff like that. Um, and then over time, I switched more to personal training because I think it's 
it it just makes more sense, especially in mobility, because you need to really focus on the body type and on each person individually, because everyone has different needs. So I started switching more to personal training over time. Okay. Do you still train yourself for any mobility specific goals or do you have any goals which you want to reach maybe this year? Yes, um, definitely. Well, um, I really want to learn the needle scale. Um, it has been a long-term goal and I'm pretty sure this year won't be enough to reach it. Um, so yeah, that's definitely one. Um, and I still work a lot on oversplits, on bridges, on contortion bridges, stuff like that. Um, but I also train strength, as you know. And uh, yeah, I, I really want to get my 10 clean pull-ups and I want to do a deadlift with 100 kilograms. So yeah, oh, those wow, are goals. <laughs> <laughs> What's your opinion? Do you think like mobility training and strength training is a good mix or is it more like uh, that it has some issues and that it blocks itself? No, I actually think it's a really, really good combination. Um, looking from like a general health standpoint, I think it's perfect because strength and mobility goes a bit hand in hand, in my opinion, because if you're too strong but stiff, it's not healthy. If you're too mobile and too weak, it's not healthy. So it's a really good combination. And um, yeah, I, I really like the combination for my training as well. Okay, how often do you train mobility and how often do you train strength at the moment per week? Um, right now, I think it's two and two days. So I have two strength days. In one day, I focus more on upper body and in one, I focus more on lower body. And then for mobility, I have one um, more of a conditioning day and one day where I do like all the crazy stuff, let me call it like that, where I try to go to my max. Um, yeah. Okay, interesting. And wh what would you say, why do you use the strength training or also like some of the calisthenics exercises, even because you said you were like tr training for dips and pull-ups at the moment. And uh, why do you use that for your personal goals? Does it any spe have specific benefits for your goals and mobility? Or is it just because you think like, okay, I want to be strong as well? I would say there's different... Well, there's there's a bit of all of that. So uh, first of all, I mean, my background is area acrobatics. So pull-ups and doing stuff like that is just very, very important when you do some area acrobatics stuff. Um, I don't train it much on the apparatus right now, but I still want to have the ability. So pull-ups, dips, stuff like that is really important for that. Um, also, I like to do like free weight exercises because they are just, They're just more functional and more, they have a bigger, yeah, they have a bigger relevance for my everyday life than just sitting in a machine. I mean, it, it also machines are, are there for, for a reason, you know, but for me, since I also care just about general health and all of that, I like the idea of calisthenics and street lifting exercises. Okay, cool. Thanks for the insights on your own training. So um, now, today, we want to talk a little bit more about the mobility training in general. So first of all, maybe for me, it would be interesting because many people think like mobility, what is it? And stretching, is it like the same? So can you maybe tell us a, uh, on a short way what mobility and stretching is and what is like the difference maybe, if there is any difference? Sure. Um, yeah, I would say there's not really one definition. 
But in general, what I encounter is that when people talk about stretching, they think about like passive stretches, like sitting into a stretch, waiting for the pain to leave, kind of like that. Um, and that would be, for most people, the definition of stretching. Um, whereas in mobility training, we use several different stretching techniques. Um, it doesn't have to be a passive stretch. It can be um, an, a, a dynamic stretch. It can be an active stretch. It can be a ballistic stretch. There's just so many different ways of stretching. And also in mobility training, um, stability is also a big factor because there's no mobility without stability. And our joints need to be stabilized, or at least certain joints need to be stabilized and others need to be mobilized. So it all goes hand in hand. And I would say that's the main difference to the to the common perception of stretching. Makes sense. Do you still do like passive stretching yourself? Or what's your opinion on the classic stretching style? Yeah, I, I do. And um, there's definitely a reason why passive stretches exist. I think it mainly depends on the current status quo of the person and of the body type. So for example, if you have, let me do it with like stereotypes. So let's say you have like a very flexible girl that isn't very strong, that has maybe a little bit of a hypermobility. For this type of person, a passive stretch wouldn't be the ideal way because usually the gap between active and passive flexibility is already quite big. So I would try to close the gap. Whereas if you have like, a very, very strong guy, usually that's more the guy side, <laughs> um, who's just completely inflexible in any ways. Yes, we need some passive stretching to open up this gap a little bit so that we can close it actively again. Okay, so when you're a really stiff guy, would you still say, okay, he can still reach something with the mobility style of training or should he then just start stretching? No, definitely not just stretch. So it always... There's always this thing between active and passive range. So if you have a really, really big passive range, you can use it actively. Then you also have a higher risk of injuries because there's less control, right? So usually the way to go would be to try to have a little gap and then close it actively with mobility training and also passive stretching as part of mobility training. Um, so I would say no matter what body type you are, you need both. Okay, I see. How, what would you say? Um, is mobility like important for everyone or can it be like a blocker for some people even to train mobility or like, for example, in certain sports? I don't know if you are so deep into the topic, but do you know any sports where, where you say, okay, maybe mobility training is not the right one for you? Um, yes, I know, I would say. Um, I think it doesn't depend too heavily on the on the discipline you do but more on when you stretch. So for example, um, if you, for example, do running things, I don't think it's a good idea mm -hmm. to mobilize your your uh, ankle too much before running because then you, can, you could have a higher chance of injury. Um, but it doesn't mean that you should never mobilize your ankle. And I know that in some, um, some sports like soccer or handball, um, depending on what you do, it's actually needed that some joints, for example, when you throw or when you kick, aren't too mobile, but I'm not super deep in those sports. So I think you should ask someone who's who's better in that about what they need in soccer or handball or stuff like that. What's your opinion on many people say at the moment that passive stretching, for example, shouldn't be done before training, but 
active stretching or like mobility training is useful for warm up uh, do you think the same are you agreeing with that or well in general i'm not a fan of saying only this is right or only that is right because there's always a reason why things exist and so generally speaking in most situations i would agree but it depends because for example let me take the example of aerialists If you have to do full splits or over splits in your routine, yes, you need to sit into a split before you go into your routine. Um, whereas if I don't need that, I, I wouldn't do it because then I have a little bit more strength and I can I can just use normal like dynamic or active mobilization techniques. But I wouldn't say there's a yes or no or a right or wrong. And it depends on what you do and how, how your body reacts to things. Okay. And when we talk about strength training, like normal classic strength training, and um, there's also the thing earlier in earlier times, everyone said, okay, after strength training, you should stretch yourself to get the joints relaxed, or I don't know, uh, to stretch the muscles just and to get uh, rid of the muscle ache afterwards. And nowadays people say don't stretch after training because it gives them even more uh, injury to the muscle, which is or already there from the strength training so what would you say on that well i honestly i don't know exactly what research currently says about that mm -hmm. but personally i'm a big fan of just splitting both things mm -hmm. in various training days because like i i don't really see how stretching for five or ten minutes after your strength training is going to help you long term Like you're not going to become super flexible by doing that. So I personally am a fan of just saying, okay, today is a strength day. Tomorrow is a flexibility day. Um, yeah. And not, not to, to mix it all up. Okay. So you would also say there's, if you really want to become better in mobility or stretching or flexibility in general, you really need to take more time than just like five minutes every day and, For example, this classic, okay, I do my mobility routine every day, five minutes uh, is also then not the right way to go if you want to become better. Yeah, well, I think that's, we're just like a classic training theory in this part, I would say, because so if you do something every day, you have a high frequency. And if you have a high frequency, you can't have a high volume and you can't have a high intensity because then you will fall into overtraining. So yes, you can do that, but you will only have a high frequency. But if you have higher goals of mobility, for example, splits, as we talked about already, you will need some higher intensity and you will also need some volume because you need to do several exercises to even be warm enough to go down into a split. So you have to go down on the, on the um, frequency part because you can't do that every day. So okay. yeah. So if you want to learn your first split, it's better to train, for example, twice a week for half an hour or one hour even. Um, up there and uh, otherwise than just training uh, like five minutes every day, some stretches where you think that can be beneficial for the split. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Usually I recommend just start with once a week for maybe 45 minutes. See how it goes. See how your body feels see how much rest you need um, and how your progress is and also how your time is kind of. And if you can manage, you can, you can go up to two times. 
If you want to train three times a week, I would recommend to split it up a bit because usually stretching the same muscle, because stretching is not only passive stretching, but you actually get sore um, in the same muscle group for three days, maybe a bit too much already. Okay. So for uh, mobility training, it might be a bit different than for strength training. For example, in strength training, I would say if you only train once a week, yes, it's better than not, no training at all. But to really make progress once a week is not enough, definitely. So for mobility training, you would say once a week is at least like the, the starter and you can already make progress with it. Yeah, I mean, of course, your progress will be more if you train twice. Um, and your progress will probably be even more if you have a good training split and do it three times a week. But yeah, I think one time a week is a start. And for a lot of people, it's important to first start building the habit. And you don't build a habit by saying, okay, now I will train every day. You start by saying, okay, let's do it once a week. And when you enjoy it or when you start getting used to it, you can add a second training. Okay. Good. That's a good insight for beginners. So um, in calisthenics, for example, in classic calisthenics, we also have like many skills that somehow need a certain mobility. For example, for handstand skills, um, there is like splits, for example, quite important. Um, what would you say, why, uh, what kind of mobility training would fit to a calisthenics athlete? And like, how often should you, for example, combine mobility and calisthenics training with each other? Well, I would say it depends again. So first of all, it depends. Like if this athlete really wants to learn a handstand, he or she is probably going to train handstands three, three or four times a week. And with handstands, I think it works quite well um, in combination with mobility because you could do your mobility session and then you can do your handstands or the other way around. Um, so I think that would work quite well. Um, you could and combine if you do, it in one session, for example. Yes, yes. Okay. And um, for handstands, I mean, you need some overhead mobility. But for example, if you want to learn presses and stuff, you will also need a good compression, good hamstring flexibility. If you want to learn shapes, you need even more stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it depends on that. But if you want to only learn stuff like an L-sit or a toe-to-bar, your, your upper body mobility doesn't matter too much, right? So it's more about your hamstrings and also your compression strength. Mm -hmm. So that would be a different kind of training again. So it really depends on your goals. Um, but yeah, I think all of them are valid and really cool goals. <laughs> Makes sense. So for hamstring mobility, I'm quite clear on that, but um, compression doesn't really ring a bell for me, for example. Can you maybe give us a bit more insight? What kind of mobility skill is that? Or where can I find compression? <laughs> what yeah. Skills? yeah, so compression is basically the L-sit or L-hang or the total bar. So whenever you bring your legs close to your chest, that's a compression strength. And where, like, at, you need a certain hamstring mobility to be able to pull your legs close, but you also need quite a lot of hip flexor strength to get the compression strength to bring your legs up without pulling them. Um, so, yeah, you have to basically train both sides of your legs to be able to do that. Okay, I see. Do you have maybe one good exercise how to improve your compression? Yeah, sure. So it depends. Um, if you're a beginner and for you, it's still quite hard to even lift your leg at like a 90 degree angle standing. 
I would recommend starting with a bent knee, lift it as high as you can, keep it there and try to bend and straighten. If 90 degrees is already easy for you, you can start in a sitting position and you could, for example, do like these pike lifts. So basically you lean over, put your hands next to your knees and then you lift your legs at the same time or one after another. You can also do it in straddle. Um, but this drill, honestly, it doesn't make sense if you don't have the 90 degree yet. Makes sense. Okay, cool. Thanks for the insights. So um, for street lifting itself, I, if for my co, for example, I always see you don't do too much mobility because as a street lifting athlete, we want to really um, lift high, heavy weights and we need to be some sort of stiff to uh, still get so much pressure on our body. But still, we also have a lot of trouble, for example, with elbow, shoulders, stuff, shoulder pain, and also hip. And for people that are not really mobile, they may also have trouble with just getting down for the squat, like deep enough. Um, do you think that mobility training can still help? For example, a little bit of mobility training can still help to um, yeah, make sure that those to prevent basically those kind of injuries and also do you have maybe a tip for squatting lower <laughs> um, well, squat mobility? <laughs> yes um yeah definitely mobility training can help with injury prevention but as always it depends on what's the cause like if your cause is a limited mobility or limited joint range yes then probably mobility training is the right way to go If the cause of your symptoms or pain is a different thing, then I don't see how mobility training is going to help you. Um, but as I said, mobility training doesn't have to be passive. And so I think even if you want to lift really, really heavy, you can still be mobile as long as you keep the gap between active and passive mobility quite, quite small. And you just use your range and basically you train end range strength. So, and that that could help, I guess. Um, for squatting lower, I think a lot of times it's just your ankle, the ankle mobility. Okay. I mean, a lot of people have the issue that like the, the heel wants to lift. And yeah, you can definitely train ankle mobility. You can do it actively, you can do it passively. Um, and actually it, it takes some time. It's a bit of a tricky joint, but it's quite easy to do. You could just do... Basically, you go into like a lunge position, like a 90 degree lunge, not a low lunge. And then you can like push your knee forward without lifting your heel. Um, you could use a resistance band to help it or you could use a weight to help it. And then for active mobilization, you could literally just pull and push your push your feet. And, yeah. Okay. So for our street lifters, you would say we should maybe train uh, less, uh, stretch less, but train more active mobility exercises and work on our end ranges. And yeah. for the squat itself, it's more mostly about the ankle mobility. But some people also have this butt wink, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, they can still go down, but it looks like shit <laughs> because they are rounding their lower back. Is this also connected to the ankle mobility, do, uh, or is it have, does it have another background there? What could well, there? I'm not an expert on butt wink, but as far as I know, it has to do with the hip anatomy and like where the joint doesn't go further. Mm -hmm. um, but 
I'm I'm not sure if it's really an issue health-wise. I don't know if you have more insights into that. Yep. Uh, so health-wise, it's not a big issue. I mean, if you do a little bit of a butt wing with pretty heavy weights, it can always be a bit of a danger for the um uh the the back itself. But of course, uh, if it's just like pretty small, it's it's not such a big difference. And from what I know, at least, is that most of it comes from missing hamstring mobility. That if you are better becoming better in your mobility on the hamstrings, then the butt wing will also get less. But that's why I was asking if you may have some more insights. <laughs> no, that's just really interesting because so I would say my hamstring flexibility is quite good. But if I squat really low, I still have a butt wing. Okay. Well, then maybe you are the <laughs> best uh, <laughs> best example that um, the hamstring mobility is maybe not uh, the one goal or not the one reason why you have a <laughs> butt wink. Maybe then there. Yeah, I, I really, I, I really don't know. I'm not an expert on butt wings. <laughs> well, maybe we need to get deeper into that. <laughs> I will check on it. Okay, cool. Um, so. What would you uh, say if someone, for example, as a street lifter, I want to now start training mobility? Um, how should I combine it with my strength training? I mean, I already train like four or five times a week strength. Um, how does mobility fit in such a schedule already where you already do a lot of other training? Um, yeah, it's definitely not easy. Um, I personally, um, I always put my mobility training days the day before my strength training. Okay. Um, so for me, the thing is, if I train strength and my muscle is sore the day after, I can't stretch. Like it will take forever to warm up, and it won't. I, I won't go um, as far down or as far into a stretch as I could if if I was rested. Um, But for me also, even if I'm a bit sore from, from my mobility training, I don't care about it too much because, well, if I lift five kilograms less, I don't really care because I just do it for fun, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think it depends because if you're in like a competition preparation, it's really, really important that you lift a certain amount of weight and you can only do it rested. Then it's probably not the best approach to do, to schedule it this way. But for just people who just like to train, I think it's a good way to put it before the strength training day. Um, and I mean, if you have four or five strength training days, you usually have a split, right? Where you, you have like an upper body day or a lower body day. So I think it would be maybe an option to say, okay, I put the lower body mobility session the day before the upper body strength session. And so my upper body isn't affected by the fatigue of my lower body mobility session, stuff like that maybe. Okay, yeah, that uh, sounds like an idea. So maybe don't don't stretch uh, after a heavy squat day, but also don't stretch before a heavy squat day. But if you just dip, for for example, for on the next day, then it's not a problem to work on your split, for example, the, the day before. Yeah, I think it just needs a lot of planning and a lot of knowledge about what muscle is sore when. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, it makes sense. Cool. Um, you already said also in your introduction that you started mobility coaching because you did a lot of uh, things wrong in the beginning when you started stretching. And now for me, it would be interesting. What are those kind of things I can do 
wrong when I do mobility training or when I do stretching? Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a lot actually, but let's let's go to the most important parts. For me, the thing was, I had no idea and I wanted to get the splits. Um, like a lot of people, um, we just all want to get our splits. So the only thing I did was stretch passively, push as far down as I can, stretch way too often. Like I did five or six stretching sessions a week. <laughs> just, yeah, it's overtraining. Um, yeah, in, in the pure form, basically. Um, so um, yeah, don't don't stretch too much. And then for me, what was really a game changer was um, to combine active and passive stretching and really control what I do. Um, another thing was technique. I know it sounds weird, but even splits have technique because depending on how you use your muscles and how you um, how you stabilize your hip joints, you have less pressure on certain muscles. So for example, in the front split, um, we all know that people always say, okay, close your hip, square your hip, all of that. And it's not just something you should do because it's proper form. It's basically when you have a square hip, um, your all of your um, your fibers of the hamstring get a bit of a stretch. Whereas when you open your hip or unsquare it, the whole pressure goes to just one part of the hamstring. And that's the one that often tears or, you know, has some, 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 yeah, minor or major injuries. For me, it was a major injury because it was just gone. Um, and yeah, so that's definitely one thing. Like take care of the technique, take care of squaring your, squaring your um, splits, take care of proper um, muscle control and muscle activation. And don't just stretch passively. And maybe don't use the first YouTube video you get and look a bit into which YouTube video is good and which isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, but I think that's uh, a good tip for all kind of sports. <laughs> Maybe make sure that you're you're doing the right videos and not only with one that is currently hyped on, on Instagram or YouTube or whatever platform it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um for you already said for splits there is a high risk of tearing your hamstring when you do uh when you do it wrong in a certain kind of way. Would you say there is also other major injuries which are common in mobility training that can happen? I think it depends highly on your body type. Um, if you're hypermobile, people often have issues with their labrums because their joints are just getting too close together and there's not so much muscle like controlling it. Um, people get some back problems sometimes from backbending with too little control. And um, yeah, basically the lower part of the spine is just the weakest part. So sometimes people have issues with the lower back. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, in sports, there's always some kind of injury risk. And I don't think we can ever get it to zero, but we can properly prepare our bodies for, for certain skills. And I think one thing is like splits and bridges are often like, kind of seen as easy skills that that you just reach and it's just not like that like it's it's not a beginner skill and it needs training and it needs preparation and for example for just a split it's pretty normal to take like one to three years to learn it wow okay that's quite long i was just what, what do you think then about those programs where you say like in 30 days <laughs> into a split <laughs> 
Okay, I, I could rage about that for a long time now, but um, yeah, I actually, I, I wrote a blog post about that um, because uh-huh. I often get like this advertising, like splits in two weeks, splits in four weeks. And um, basically it's just not possible because of the um, the adaptation times of our body tissues. So, I mean, we have nerves, we have muscles, we have tendons, we have joints, we have all of that. And whereas our muscles, I mean, we know it from strength training, our muscles improve from week to week or from month to month. So we have a pretty low adaptation times of weeks to month. But for tendons and ligaments, it's way longer. Like it's it's several months. Um, and they also need to get used to stretching, right? So they just take longer to adapt. And getting a split from zero is not one adaptation, but several ones. So yeah, it's very, very normal that it takes some time. And I mean, yeah, our our bones don't really change too much through mobility training. So, so but I mean, there's, there are still some people that can actually reach it within one month only time with those programs. How is that possible then? Are they already so far ahead before they started this training program or are they just forcing themselves in positions they usually wouldn't be able to do? Yeah, probably, yeah. Well, I mean, first thing is the 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 basically the zero starting point is very different for any person, right? Like you can be really low already just naturally or you can just have really many issues to just get into a split. Um, the second thing is um, the difference between active and passive. So a lot of people have a passive split, but actively are very, very far from it. So they basically just take a, a big risk for injuries. Um, the other option would be that the split technique isn't really good. So by opening your hips really, really far, you can get like, two to three yoga blocks further down than if you have a good technique. Okay. So I think it's also a bit of a definition thing because if someone who sits into a really, really open split would come to my training, I would be like, okay, stop. We're not going to this split. We, we put proper technique and then the person wouldn't be in a split. So yeah, I think it's a lot of definition, a lot of genetics and um, also a bit of like going over your, your, yeah, over what you should go and maybe ignoring the pain a bit too much <laughs> i see okay <laughs> well <laughs> doesn't sound like fun and i mean for me when i i come to you for example as a beginner and i already have a quite good split with open hips i would get quite demotivated if you say no we don't do it like that and i'm starting <laughs> basically from the scratch again <laughs> how do you keep your clients motivated in those cases Yeah, I, I know a lot of people don't like to hear it, but I mean, I think it's it's part of a job of being a personal trainer is also keeping your clients safe. And that's just my responsibility. So I'm not going to let them do something that isn't safe for them or that it increases their risk of injury. And on that part, like, yeah, you, you just have to handle it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I see. Okay. Well, then I'm going to cry now. Because <laughs> I will never reach a split, probably, or at least a proper split. <laughs> But well, okay, you already said splits and backbends, for example, are actually not really beginner exercises in mobility training. And for example, in calisthenics, I like a typical beginner exercise is just a push-up. 
what is the push-up immobility training then if you say back bends and splits aren't <laughs> that's a good question um i think a good place to start would be lunges because lunges can be done in a very easy way in a very very advanced way um so yeah this is definitely something where you could start and I wouldn't say there's like a fancy cool position that is a super easy beginner skill. Um, but yeah, you will need conditioning, you will need all the stretching, and then you will get to the to the split and that's fine. And it's not something that is reachable. Like, I mean, honestly, like if I think about street lifting and like weighted muscle up, for me, that sounds a lot harder to reach than a split or a bridge. So <laughs> Well, of course, it always depends on where what's your starting point, right? As you said yeah. before, uh, as the, it's the same for the, the split, uh, it's the same for the muscle up as well. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if it was easy, anyone could do it and it wouldn't be cool anymore. That's true. That's true. Definitely. <laughs> and I think the same counts for the splits and for the back bends. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you have still have like some good recommendations for beginners how to start mobility training and like uh, what are kind of good exercises and how often they should train? Just like give them a, like a quick guideline when they start. Yeah, they sure. Like, sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, first of all, as I already said, like try one or two times a week try to plan a stretching session, maybe maybe 45 minutes, um, six years, even better. In the beginning, I don't think you need more than that. Later, maybe. Um, then definitely check on your form. Um, I always recommend filming yourself. I know it's a bit weird, especially like in a commercial gym and you're like filming yourself the whole time, like Instagram influencer. <laughs> But you will get over it after time. And um, it's really important because you don't usually feel the exact position of your hip or your shoulders uh, or your back and it really helps to just watch yourself um use a good mix of passive and active and dynamic stretching um don't neglect your conditioning never never neglect your conditioning uh, i know it's tough i also tend to neglect it because it's just not so much fun um but yeah you gotta do it and i would always recommend to just Even if it's just for one or two hours, try to get a coach who can who can actually spot you and who can actually give you some cues for proper activation and alignment. And um, then you can go on and, and train by yourself for a bit. Yeah, but I, I would say those are those are the, the main tips. And for exercises, it's pretty difficult to say in general because Like everyone has different, I, I use, like to call it like weak spots. So like if your shoulder mobility is your weak spot, yes, you need something specifically for your shoulder mobility. If your weak spot is actually your active flexibility and your passive is quite good, then you need different exercises. Um, so yeah, I, I would say it really depends on what your weak spot is. Um, for I think hamstrings is a typical issue. For hamstrings, I really like good mornings. It's basically like a deadlift, just you have straight legs and you don't use so much weight, rather like use either just body weight or five kilograms, 10 kilograms, stuff like that. Uh, I think that's a pretty good exercise because it's um, it's not a super passive stretch and it actually builds some muscle in the end range. Okay, cool. That's at least a good tip. So that's one exercise that maybe for almost everyone could be a 
like a good starter in the beginning. Yeah, I, I do it up to now. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an evergreen. All, all time favorite. <laughs> nice. You said before, like never neglect, neglect your uh, conditioning. So what is conditioning or what in, in mobility at least? Like, uh, yeah, can you give us a bit more insight on that. Um, conditioning for me would be basically end range strength training. So, um, all the, all the little exercises that help you control your joints, control your movement, understand, um, what exactly what muscle is doing, um, and to just build some, yeah, it's, it's a bit difficult to say because technically it's not like a hypertrophy training and strength training, but you still build muscle, but you build it in a bit of a different way. Um, and you don't try to lift heavy, but to lift in your maximum range. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Cool. And for when I, when I do like my mobility session, would you say I need to warm up before, or can I just start my mobility exercise because it's like sort of a warm up as well, right? Depending on, what um, I think there's very different opinions on that and, and that's fine. And it depends on what your mobility session looks like. For me personally, um, I like to do a quick kind of mobility flow as a warm up. Um, and I use, I, I like to give it to clients as well, because if you give people a flow, they do all of the exercises. If I give them five, they skip two that they don't like. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, um, uh, the way I, I try to, I try to get people to do the whole warm up. Um, and it takes like five minutes. And then I usually structure the session in a way that I start with the most active exercises, the most conditioning exercises, basically. And I move towards the passive stretches in the end so that the warm up can be quite short and I don't have like an excessive length of training. <laughs> Makes sense. So starting with active exercises and then going more and more into the more passive stretches. Yeah. As for example, I would do like the the main split when I I practice for split splits. I would do the the main split then in the end of my training session probably. Exactly. And I mean, yes, if you wanna like just do a split, you will need a twenty minute warm up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if okay. you if you have a better structure, then you can you can go into the split just at the end of your training session. Okay, makes sense. Cool. And talking about the splits uh, already, um, do you have maybe a few tips? Because it's like a classic exercise. Like many of my clients as well, when they come to me and even though they focus on strength training, they have this split in mind. Hey, I also have this goal to, to learn the split at some point. Do you have any tips on how to learn the splits? Yeah, I think maybe we have to do like a calisthenic splits workshop. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> that could but, be cool. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Because I feel like there's a lot of a lot of areas where all of these calisthenics, mobility, acrobatics, and all of that has has them some things in common. Um, so that would be cool. But yes, um, so I would say, first of all, again, learn proper technique, learn about your anatomy. Um, and I mean, it also depends on if you want to learn front splits or middle splits, um, because both are really different. And depending on your hip anatomy, one of them is easier for you. I mean, so there's no like from... one exercise where you would say like, this is easier, or like one split type that this is easier no. in general for no, or what also I think many for people... you, middle splits is way easier, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. But 
usually people say like for example for girls the front split is easier and for guys the middle split is easier um i i wouldn't i wouldn't put it no i i wouldn't say that honestly um i see it a lot with clients that it's really really obvious which is easier for them okay um for you for example it's the middle split um for me i always thought it's front splits but once i figured out what my hip needed it was middle splits again um which i mean we're both girls <laughs> so it shouldn't be this way um yeah so it really depends on your hip shape because depending on where your 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 socket basically is and to what direction it faces how deep it is all of that has an influence on how easy or hard it is for you to get a split um yeah so learn about your anatomy um there's ways to find out what your one hip of my questions like how can i find is it is it easy for me to find out what kind of hip anatomy i have and which split type would then maybe fit better for me well it's not super obvious i mean if you have an x-ray yes then it is obvious um but for me i actually i had quite a good idea of what my hip looked like and then i actually got an x-ray and it looked like that so um it's possible to find out for example for middle splits a lot of people can't reach their middle splits because they don't have enough external rotation and basically their joints um well their hip socket is like this well i oh nobody can see me okay well uh, <laughs> well so depending on how deep your hip socket is or mm -hmm. how shallow it's possible that your bones run into each other unless you have a good external rotation. So for a lot of people that want to get middle splits, you need to train your external rotation. Um, for front splits, it's not as important usually. Um, yeah, but I mean, if your sockets face more to the side, a front split is going to be harder because naturally your legs face more to the side. So yeah, all of these things play into that. Um, so yes, learn about your anatomy and try to find out what your hips look like. And if you have absolutely no idea, ask people who do. Um, so yeah, there's there's people that can help you, and there's a lot of good good coaches around um, that can actually identify these things. Then again, don't train only passively. Don't train only actively. Um, try to keep the gap the gap um, small. Um, and train your strength at the end range. And um, yeah, actually, <laughs> we just talked about that. Um, I, I put together a training plan for Splits Beginner that is free. Um, you can download it. It's mainly active exercises because um, experience has shown me that most people, when they start, have already trained their passive flexibility quite a bit but the active flexibility is lagging behind. So I put together a plan that has more passive flexibility, uh, more active flexibility exercises um, yeah, to actually get some progress because if the gap is too big, your progress will just stagnate because your body is trying to protect yourself from injuries. Um, so yeah, there's uh, four exercises and a warm up that you can get and it's it actually has a video. So you can check all the, you can actually see something, not like now. Great. <laughs> Um, so yeah that's cool that's a, a great offer and i will put the link to it in the show notes so if you are interested in it and if you want to download it just check out the show notes and then you can get to the program and how, how long does this program take roughly i would say it's about 30 minutes um i mean you can always 
add another set or a few more reps and then it's a bit longer or if you're in a rush you can like skip a set yeah that's possible but yeah I think for the start 30 minutes 45 minutes is a good a good point to start is it for front or for splits or does it work for both that one is for front splits but well there's some take some some takeover always because for example your hamstring flexibility that is really really important in front splits you will also need it for a pancake which is basically a straddle where you fold down um and a really big straddle then is a middle split so there's always some some stuff that um is very similar and a lot of the active exercises where you do like leg lifts for example um one one thing that i really like is standing split lifts where you basically stand on one leg you you bend down to the floor or the chair and you lift the back leg like as you want to do a standing split you can also lift it to the side and then you have a middle split exercise okay so the exercises could be adapted a bit and then yeah it could even work for the middle split as well yeah how often should you do the, the this program um yeah i would say max two times um okay. as a beginner um Yeah, see see how you feel because sometimes also in the beginning people are like I'm sore four days after maybe then don't do it again yet. Okay, so but with two trainings a week I can already reach my goals at some point, even though it might take me, yeah. as you said, already like one, two, three years. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's very normal. It's it's normal. I also took so long. Like oh, it took yeah. me. Almost two years to get my first split, then I got injured, and then it took me another one and a half to two years to get it back. Wow. <laughs> That keeps me so motivated now to start <laughs> training again. <laughs> well, but you're already way closer than I was back then. So Okay, well, then maybe there's still hope at some point. Maybe when I start squatting less, <laughs> when I quit my street lifting career at some point. You, you just have to you just have to actually train it one to two times a week. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> but <laughs> At some point, I will start again. I'm on yes, it. I'm working yes. on it. <laughs> I will start texting you every week. Like, did you do your mobility? <laughs> Perfect. That's what I need. <laughs> okay, great. So first of all, thanks for all the insights. Um, before I will switch over to five super easy questions, um, I have one last thing I wanted to ask you if you have maybe some tips for warm-up exercises um, that could help us, especially as calisthenics streetlifting athletes, where we need to warm up our shoulder, elbow joints, and maybe also hip joints for the squat? Um, sure. Um, actually, for warm-up, I'm a big fan of um, exercises that are more on the stability side than on the mobility side. Uh, for example, before I squat, I like to do, I call it like box step-ups. I don't know what the real name is. I like to use a stepper and stand with one leg on the stepper and then um, basically lower down so that the other, the free um, foot almost touches the floor and come back up, which is more a stability thing. But for me, it really helps to activate the right muscles and don't have like knee issues in, in, a, um, in a squat. And I use these exercises as well in mobility training because it helps you to stabilize your hips and you stabilize your whole leg, which is also important in stuff like splits. So that would be one exercise. Okay. Um, for, the, for the shoulders, I really like to do this exercise where you grab a 
a resistance band and then you you use your straight arms and you go forward and back and the shoulder dislocation then right yeah yeah basically like that i i really like that that exercise for example um and i like a lot of exercises with mini bands so basically you you put your hands into a mini band and then you can play with it by like pulling it apart and then going overhead and working working in your end range stuff like that and it just really nicely activates your rotator cuffs so yeah i i don't think that's that's bad for for um for calisthenics and it's it's actually a nice thing to to activate your rotator cuffs yeah Oh, great. Yeah, I think that's a, already a few good tips. And I mean, of course, everyone has their own warm-up program somehow. But like, for example, with the box step-ups, I hadn't had on my list until now. So maybe I will try that out. But for the box or for the stepper, it should be then high enough. So it's also a little bit difficult for me to get on the floor, right? Because like a normal stepper is like um, 10, 20 centimeters, maybe we're like already on the floor. Yeah, right? maybe putting like one level higher. But if you use one of those wooden boxes that you use to to go um, on the bar with, those are usually too high already. Okay. Because then you usually use momentum to get up and not really your muscle anymore. Okay, makes sense. So maybe the stepper on the highest. Yes, that's what I use, actually. Yeah. I put okay. the stepper on the highest uh, level and, and that works quite well. Okay, cool. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> I will try it out and let you know how it feels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cool. So yeah, then um, before we end up, I have five super easy questions for you where you can just answer how you feel like. And I would say we directly jump into it. So if you had to decide, you can either only do strength or only continue mobility training in your life. What would you choose? <laughs> mobility. Oh, okay. My heart. Because <laughs> it also trains your muscle. So you will be strong and mobile anyway. That's a good argument. <laughs> <laughs> Now everyone uh, skips their strength training in future and just continues mobility training. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, um, and for you, if you uh, had to decide front or middle split, which one do you like more? Middle split. Okay. Because you now discovered that you're actually a middle split hip type. <laughs> Well, no, I actually think it looks really cool. Okay. <laughs> I just really like the look of a brittle split. Makes sense. Okay, so it's just like a visual thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, so completely other question. Do you prefer a camping trip or, for example, a spa trip? Camping, definitely. Right. Yeah, I saw it already because why I asked because on Instagram I see you always like going, uh, driving around with your camper or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we converted a van like three years ago now. And um, yeah, I, I really like it, even though I think three weeks ago it was negative 16 degrees. It was quite cold. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you got to do what you got to do. Just uh, put on enough clothes and then it's uh, fine. Yeah, yeah. We, we have a heating blanket. That helps. At least. <laughs> you just need to know what to pack. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Okay, then um, do you prefer the raw meat or a vegetarian kind of food? Well, I'm vegetarian, so... <laughs> okay, didn't know that until now, but then it just answers the question already. So not, no meat at all for you. No. <laughs> but that's uh, fine, definitely. <laughs> okay, last one. Um, for the strength exercises, dip or pull-up? Ooh, tough one. 
Mm, I would go with pull-ups, even though I think they're harder than dips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right now I think your your dip progress is uh, going faster than your pull-up progress. Yeah, progress yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, push is always easier than pull for me. Yeah, but that's also depending on the person, the same as for the middle split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or for the front split. Cool, okay, so then I have... Uh, asked all my questions from my side before we completely say goodbye um you have now the option if you want uh, either to tell the people something you want to say like all come to our mobility training uh, <laughs> no one needs strength training just do mobility or <laughs> if you have any kind of program or any classes maybe where people could join you even though they are not in munich for example then let us know <laughs> sure no don't don't skip your strength training do it both <laughs> so yeah no both of them are important and i think they they really complement each other very very well and uh, yeah sure if you want to improve your mobility um i have an online program for mobility coaching um that you can join if you want to prioritize it for a while and um it will definitely help you to make progress with your calisthenic skills as we already talked about um And yeah, I always start with a screening to find out what your weak spots are, what you need, and what your anatomy looks like. And then we start an individualized and targeted training plan. Uh, you get feedback, chat support, all of those things. And uh, if you prefer to just try and see if if you like me, um, you can join on on Tuesdays. I have an online mobility class uh, with with different topics each month. Um, this month we're doing shoulders and back bends and next month we're doing front splits so if you want you can join that nice. and uh, yeah all the info is always on my Instagram so okay so I can sign up just by via texting you or is there like a yeah yeah just, just message me okay nice and for the online coaching is there like a limited amount of training sessions per week I need to dedicate myself to for example you you should at least train twice a week so it makes sense to sign up for your program for example not really I try to always keep in mind what other things you are doing but honestly if you decide to sign up like minimum is three months because we want to see some progress just dedicate the three months to mobility and do two to three sessions and then after that you can you can prioritize something else again um, it's just, I mean, you 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 want to get some value for your money, so I think it it makes sense to prioritize for a bit of time, and it's never a good idea to do all at once. So, okay, makes sense. And do you offer it only in a German language, or could also like be an international person come to your coaching? I think we could make it work with an English international person as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean your English is great. Uh, <laughs> So I, I don't see any problems there, but just wanted to check in case you say, no, I only take uh, people from the German no, area or whatever. No, that's fine. Okay. We will make okay. it work. <laughs> well, then, it was great to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time. And yeah, uh, maybe at some point we see you in street lifting when you learn the muscle up and then get motivated and say like, I don't need all those mobility shit stuff anymore. And now I become um, a street lifting athlete and then we see you at some point in a competition. <laughs> I'm, still, maybe, I'm still working maybe. on that. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I won't stop doing the splits. <laughs> Ah, okay. Well, but you can still do your split, but uh, prioritize the squat <laughs> before. Maybe. Maybe. No. <laughs> Maybe in a few years. <laughs> well, 
Okay, cool. Then uh, <laughs> I leave you <laughs> with the, this thought now. And uh, yeah, it was great talking to you. If you have any other suggestions for potential guests or topics you want to hear in this podcast, apart from street lifting, <laughs> feel free to comment it into the Spotify comments or send it to me on Instagram. And otherwise, I say thanks, Kamina, and hope to see you soon. Thanks for listening today. If you liked the podcast, I would highly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating and share it across your community to make the sport grow further. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell so you will never miss a new episode. Stay active and hope to hear you soon.